So I'm not self-conscious about the sound of my own voice. It's that I have a click in my jaw. So it's like a, you know that kind of thing. Uh, so if you, if you catch that, um, or, you know, if we ever make out and it bothers you, then you can fund my jaw surgery. Um, this is Prol Sound. My name is Meredith Hanlon. I am recording this in what is not legally allowed to be rented to me as a bedroom. Uh, it's 14 and a half feet by six and a half feet. <laughs> I think that's my main leverage in uh, this rent strike. And I have three poems to read for you. Um, the first is something that I had on Merle's Karks. It's called A Lie No One Comes to Save You. Someone may come to save you. Someone who loves you, counts your breaths at night. But you shouldn't tell big groups of people that. Someone may come to save you, but because most will sit and wait, nose dripping, hoping that they are one of the someones, their belief in some or one falls farther from meaning for some. Getting in there, doing the saving, it will be painful, as unhinging the maw of a bear trap from a leg always is if there's blood going to it. You must run once they are free, lest they lash back at you. When I first subscribed to the Morals Cargs Patreon, I sent Matilda a message uh, that was like, this is wonderful, I will send you my work when there's blood going to it. And she, um, she screenshotted it and shared it. So when I, uh, when I sent this poem, I made sure that that line was in there because I knew how much she appreciated it. <laughs> I don't know if you are a careful study of regional accents, but, um, I am not from California. I grew up on Mystic Island in southern New Jersey. Um, most of my loved ones are in the greater Jersey-Delphia area. And I was becoming more and more fixated on not just what I'm going home to, but what we will all be dealing with in the coming weeks and months, which is a, a great deal of death. And I, I began to really torture myself with it. So instead I wrote a poem where the speaker is addressing a lover about what, what is going to happen and what action we should take. And I, I just called it death poem. Baby, I've run this tape through to the end, then over and over to shreds, and darling, you have to know what they want. Social distancing at the vigils will inspire some city planner's mock-up, convert the public park into a vault of graves when they run out of earth for the dead of means. 
the rest of us flung on a barge, the great Pacific garbage patch rife with knuckle bones, mom's fillings bottom feeder fodder. If they lift the orders, we will be driving cross country to spread ashes in the Schuylkill. If not, sitting Shiva via Zoom, melting asphyxia blue tips off our nitrile cloaked fingers from candles at a 1080p mass. We have black cloth. We will borrow white linen. Tears trained to crack the seal on your N65. I'd usher them away, but if to touch your face chokes you out in 14 days, I don't dare. You are not managing grief. Grief is organized into a spreadsheet compiled months ago for profit. Suffocate lip service that doesn't give tongue, but licks a finger before cutting a check. Better yet, cut it out. You know, anyone, anyone who would shame you for sharing poetry that you wrote in a time of crisis or poetry that you are, you are selling because your job has just evaporated, um, is, is betraying themselves as being deeply, um, cynical and also treats poetry as a branded, like, commodity, uh, like, like, like a dead thing that you mount on your bookshelf to brag about, um, as opposed to language that provides release and beauty and catalyst into communist praxis, <laughs> uh, at least, at least in this house. Um, so I, um, immediately after I wrote that poem, I saw that Jamie Brute had posted another poem from the EBT series that she has been writing, and, um, um, I need to, I need to share it with you. Uh, this one is number 16, about the summer. We don't talk about the next month, what it will be like, even if we do make rent, which we can't now, and especially not the month after, that nameless interruption in time we cannot contemplate. All of us will be working at a grocery store or warehouse with no gloves and masks or disinfecting offices that will never hire us. We will be reasonable, surely, and accept the risk of getting sick to access work in order to have a place to live or to die quietly in. That's what they think, that we know what is good for us, that we'll do the smart thing. But isn't it funny how sadness and joy have intensified every day since this started? I haven't felt this close to others in a long time. And though I'm terrified, still each day every desire has increased. It's not anxiety anymore, but something new. New things are possible. Even with the word eviction splitting every other conversation we have. Even with death so close to us. A new life is rushing towards us. Communism will be ours if we hurry and bring everyone along. Um... <laughs> And, um, I sent, I sent this to, um, one of my very best friends who is currently working 
in a grocery store in Boston. Um, I, I sent it to my, my brother who is fighting off an upper respiratory infection and I sent it to my mom and, uh, I, uh, made my housemates read it, even though I don't know, uh, the depth of her appreciation for poetry. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know what to say anymore. I just, um, Jamie, thank you for giving us language to process this moment. Um, Matilda, thank you for giving me an opportunity to share something. And, um, the rest of you, I, um, I hope that you are safe. I hope that when you are sick, you recover. And I hope that you know that we can have everything, we can have everything that we want if we are willing to organize and fight for it. Our, our lives can be our lives. This has been Prol Sound. And <laughs> you fucking better subscribe.